So, well, first off, Bryce, thank you for uh, getting me on the podcast. The truth be told, I haven't listened to any of yours, but um, I'm all I'm always up for a conversation as uh, as everyone can't see, but uh, trust me because we've been talking for like 30 minutes already before even recording this. Uh, but but I'm Joe Sullivan. Uh, I am a competitive powerlifter. Uh, I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I have the all-time world record uh, squat in my weight class, which is 220 pounds. And in that weight class, I squat 300. Shit, I can't even remember the kilo equivalent. Um, it's maybe 365 kg. Maybe no, it's more than that. It's like 380, 380 something. Whatever the kilogram equivalent is, I use freedom freedom numbers here or whatever. It's it's like 850.8 pounds, uh, weighing in it, weighing in it, uh, 220 pounds. So that's, that's my little, uh, my most recent big, big achievement is that squat world record. Uh, the last four competitions I've competed in, I've broken it, uh, over and over and I'm planning and hoping to do it again, uh, this op- October when I compete at the American pro two in, uh, the Washington DC area, uh, end of October. So yeah, you know, I've been doing this for a super long time. I've known Bryce for uh, a, a very, very long time uh, just because I used to live uh, in and around the Columbus area. We used to hang around a lot of the same people. Uh, and yeah, I've been competing, competing and participating in powerlifting since 2007, uh, since I was 14 years old. There was a club powerlifting team at my high school, and I'm one of those unique individuals because uh, I just turned 30 years old, actually that I can actually look at this and say, wow, I've been doing this for over half my life. And Bryce and I were talking earlier uh, before we even got on the on the podcast, just talking about whether or not it was still enjoyable. And I think a big uh, whether well, whether it was still enjoyable or it was the thing that kind of is the first thing that you think about when you get out of bed in the morning, just the thing that that really like still drives you. And I think the reason that I I am still participating in it, and the reason that I've I've I have had no issue continuing on the path that I've been on, whether it's my own uh, athletic pursuit and me coaching others, is the fact that it still is that thing that is always at the forefront of my mind. Obviously, like I have I have uh, business ventures and clients and a beautiful partner and a home and pets and all this great other shit that I have going on, but it's still I I still very very much resonate with the idea that i am joe sullivan power lifter so uh yeah i still love it still doing it and uh that's that's why i'm here so no that's a great intro i obviously appreciate you joining for this conversation but dude i'm just gonna continue to let you talk here um one big thing for me and we talked about this very briefly before we started recording um is like the passion versus work and like passion versus something that's going to really consume your life like for me it's kind of been easier at this stage in my life to segment and segregate passion from profession or work or passion from relationship or passion from you know xyz it just gives me that ability to kind of disconnect from different aspects of my life and prevent that bleeding over and i for me again personally that bleeding is what has inevitably kind of sucked the enjoyment out of certain things because then i start to cross associate work with passion my passion has always been training it's been you know, being at the gym, it's been like adhering to a diet. Like I've always loved that rigidity and structure, but that passion slowly slipped into like, all right, I'm associating this with stress. I'm associating this with all the shit that I need to do. I'm associating this with, you know, my body aching all the time. Right. How do you feel like you've been able to kind of like combine those passions and work and life? Obviously, like you and your partner, you guys lift and train together. So that's a big aspect of your partnership that is kind of blended and bled over. Like, how have you been able to kind of like allow that to happen without running into any of like those negative consequences that like I'm probably dealing with a little bit? Well, you know, that's the thing. It's, I don't think that, I don't think that I've ever had a period of time where I haven't felt some type of those negative consequences. It's just having so much experience. And I know that you, I, I know that you, you and I have went through similar things. We've experienced similar things like, in terms of like family life upheaval, like divorce, um, business business upheaval, uh, so stuff like that, like literally some of the very very similar things you and I have gone through, and I think one of the reasons that you're so successful with with uh, progressive performance is the fact that it's not 
it's not as if you have always been good at separating those things. It's been forced upon you. You've, you've been forced to adapt to the need to compartmentalize and basically be like, okay, this is Bryce, the, the athlete who is over here in the gym taking his own training seriously. This is Bryce, the coach. This is Bryce, the person. They're all separate things. And, and sometimes, like, I mean, I've, I've literally, like, followed you for forever. I've seen posts, like, years ago. I, I just I remember, like, years ago where it was like, you were, you were fucking huge, dude. Yeah. You, you were massive. You were I was like, fuck, this dude's going to be an IFBB pro. This is crazy. But then, but then it got to a point where it's like, man, I like Bryce, the, the bodybuilder or Bryce, the athlete was like, I, I can't devote as much mental energy because the, the secret to all of this, whether it's like compartment, you're compartmentalizing things into thirds, fourths, fifths, whatever the, the secret is, or the, or the key here is to understand that they're like, everybody wants balance. Everybody wants this like perfectly balanced life where it's like, okay, I have this over here and this over here and this over here. The, the, the secret to having balance is understanding that there never is any balance at all. It's, 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 it's pick and play. It's like, it's a sliding scale. Sometimes in periods of your life, Bryce, the athlete is going to be a bit more of a priority than, than other, other places. And that's up. And, and in order to facilitate that, and set you up in a position where like, hey, I can devote this much time to my own athletics or or I'm speaking to myself. I can devote this much time to my own athletics or to my own business or to my own uh, like future business ideas, some investments I have going in down the line. I have to devote and dedicate and facilitate as much of this mental energy or as much of this like drive towards this thing to set up so that this can either be self-sustaining or have reached a position where it's 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 decent and I'm okay with being like, okay, I'm going to step away from that for a second and then focus on these things. So it's like there's the 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 reason that I've gotten to a point where I, I'm pretty proficient is that at, proficient at that is genuinely the fact because that I have I've sucked horribly at it in the past. Like for, for example. My divorce, when I went like me and like and my my ex and I were on great terms and it, it's fantastic now. But back then I was much, much more selfish. Joe Sullivan powerlifter was much more of a priority than anything else. And I couldn't see how that was negatively affecting so many other aspects of my relationship. And both of us had our flaws in the relationship. But I looking back and taking a step back, I, I can identify within myself like, man, if I didn't devote all of that towards that, and I was like, hey, I need to prioritize other things right now, it probably could have been incredibly different. Same thing with uh, with uh, uh, the, the whole Pinnacle thing. When when I was co-owner of Pinnacle, I like I loved it. The community that I helped build was amazing. There, the, like I individuals, like people would travel to to come and hang out there and to come train there. But I associated so much of that, so much of my own self-worth with how my how I was being treated by by a former business partner. And because that was I couldn't compartmentalize those things and separate the the business idea, like the business avenue from like actual Joe the person, it was it was legitimately killing me. And Joe the person has such a has such a connection to Joe the athlete. That two of like, let's say there's three little avenues, two of those avenues were getting annihilated because a third avenue was under fire continuously and relentlessly. So it's it's just like I, I wish there was we were talking before we started recording about how there's a coach for everything. There's there's coach coaches, there's bodybuilding coaches, diet coaches, mentality coaches, uh, mentor coaches, yada, yada, all these things. I wish. I wish, and, and no, I don't, because someone's going to hear this and be like, oh my God, there's a great business idea. I'm going to do it. <laughs> please, please fucking don't. But I, w I, I, hypothetically, I wish sometimes there were coaches that, that basically would, would somehow facilitate or force you to understand that like th this whole approach to having, to having balance and having happiness and fulfillment and whatever, it's never a hundred percent. It's never a hundred percent there. And the sooner that you can accept that, like just taking a step back and identifying that 
that it's not always going to be perfect and there's never going to be a thing where everything is perfectly in balance and it's all euphoric and and just easy and it flows that's never the case because even right now i have i have 60 plus clients i'm writing i'm i have i'm i'm writing and co-authoring a couple of books right now i i'm doing i have my own athletics i have my own relationship where Bree is six weeks out we're trying to buy a house i have a uh, a million different things going on. And while yes, it all see from the outside, people see like, Oh man, Joe's Joe's the professional athlete and he's successful in coaching and successful in this. How do you get there? You know? And it's like, Oh, he looks so easy. And it's like, it's not easy. I have a freaking calendar on the wall behind me. I regiment regiment every hour of my day out. And it's like, it, it, it takes, it takes practice. It takes patience and it takes understanding to realize that like, it's never going to be perfect no matter how badly you want it to. No, I, I'm definitely in that same boat. Like I, I agree with you hundred percent that like the balance part of the equation is it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be, it's never going to add up to one, right? Like, yeah. like you're all, you're always going to be undercutting yourself in some aspect of your life. Um, and again, uh, we're in the same boat in a lot of different senses, whether it's business or personal, but like before I was so focused on business and in my own training, my own uh, Bryce as an athlete, I forgot about the personal side. I forgot about my relationship. So I didn't tend to that nearly enough. There have been other times, actually, I'd say right now, I'm so focused on my personal life, my relationship and my work life. I'm almost forgetting about me as the athlete. to like, take care of myself at times. It's like, people will ask me like, how the fuck, you know, can you forget to eat? And I'm like, whenever you have a lot of shit in your, in your head and you're thinking about a lot of stuff and your schedule, like you just said, is packed down to the hour. It's like shit becomes really easy to forget how to eat or forget to like get up and take a piss right like yep. that's pretty fucking easy whenever you're really busy um obviously that's not ideal it's not perfect but what you want ideally you ideally want there to be some kind of like dynamic flow between mm -hmm. different aspects of your life where sometimes like you said you can pour more into one bucket sometimes another aspect can get a little bit more but you're never like completely pouring one bucket out like that's that's where I think that, uh, you know, for myself, I've faltered in the past is I've gone so far in one direction that I've forgotten about the other aspects of my life. I've forgotten to like tend to those. And that's been catastrophic. Mm. Now I'm, I feel like I'm almost in like this, like juxtaposition of that, where I'm trying so hard to juggle everything in a perfect balance. It becomes very hard to find satisfaction in that because I feel like I'm losing a little bit from every aspect rather than being like completely manic about me being an athlete, me being a business owner, me being like the best boyfriend I can possibly be. Um, but no, we're definitely in the same boat there. We're like very similar in a lot of senses, I think. But I would definitely love to talk a little bit more about Joe as the athlete, because one thing that I wanted to talk about was like your road to breaking that world record initially mm -hmm. and continuing to break it because it, it's really easy to have a goal whenever there's someone in front of you or there's like a milestone to look at and be like, I want to do that. But once you're on top of that mountain, you know, quote unquote, mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's really fucking hard. It's hard to continue to find motivation to like stay on top. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, somehow, like you feel like you've been able to continuously do that and you're still working towards that. You're working to improve and beat your own records. Like what did it take to get that first record knocked out? Like the initial breaking? And then like, what does it take in to kind of continue to break those records, your own records? So that that's that's a good way to ask that question because it kind of builds on itself in the sense of like my whole leading up to break that first record was such a journey and such a struggle, uh, not just because of the squat being so difficult, but because I had uh, like there's that famous video and like you can plug the video or, or just talk about it or whatever, but where the barbell bent on my back. And it like kind of pinned me in the in the rack. People still like meme it. They post about it, like all that funny shit, whatever. But like what people don't realize or what a lot of people don't realize who like don't follow me is that I was actually seriously injured during that video. I herniated two discs, my C6, C7, and I compressed my thoracodorsal and dorsal scapular nerves, uh, which are the nerves in like that branch off your uh, branch off your spine, go into your brachial plexus and basically like make your your pec del bicep tricep lat like all the way down into your forearm they make all of those things work well so having a compression injury to those my bench press went from 575 pounds to me being unable to lock out 225 pounds i couldn't close my fist like i literally couldn't squeeze my hand 
Um, and I just like, there was no like lat function over here. So I had weird scapular winging and I just essentially lose, lost control of my body in, in a certain aspect that was in 2018. And it was a very, very difficult time for me because that was when I really kind of had to like, look at my own Joe, Joe Sullivan as the athlete and think, okay, am I at the end of my road here? And I had a lot of hard conversations with myself. I, I was in therapy for like a, a multitude of, I've been in therapy for forever, just like a, like just as a self-work thing, but good, like, good. I, yeah, had, yeah. had a lot of, had a lot of discussions, uh, regarding like what my goals were, what, what, like the value, I, what the value was that I placed on myself, all these things. And I settled on continuing to try and continuing to overcome the injury, uh, just because that's, that's who I wanted to be, you know, it's the balance between extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation and the extrinsic motivation for me, like the outside sources were always, I want to be the best power lifter. I want to break these records. I want to take them from this guy, from that guy, because I think I can be better, yada, 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 those things. But it's also the intrinsic motivation of, I, it's kind of, it, not a long story, but it's just, it, there's some aspects to it where like I had this breakout performance, this, this year, the, uh, this power, powerlifting competition in April of 2017, which was before the injury where I hit a 2,121 pound total. I was, I, I was the only guy to only to, to almost beat Yuri Belkin, who is a legend in the sport of powerlifting. And I, I could have be, I like, obviously it doesn't matter. I'm not saying like, oh, glory days, but it's like, I was with I was within shooting distance to beat him. And I missed a deadlift on strength. Had I made that deadlift, I would have beaten the man, which, which was like unheard of. And people were like, who the fuck is Joe Sullivan? What the hell? Like, oh my God, this guy is going to be the next big thing. And then I was injured after it. So I had the, I always had this like underlying feeling or not fear, but just like this, this regret or like this ache in my stomach where I was like, I never got to the top of what I fucking could be. I never did my best. I, the, to boil it down, I literally just never did my best that I believed that I could. And that was my motivation right there to just continue on and continue spending tens of thousands of dollars on different like therapeutic modalities, going to see different people, working with different people, trying to figure out all of these different things to overcome this injury uh, because it didn't affect my squatting too much, but it, it did, but it very, very much affected my bench press and my deadlift. So I just continued to get better at squatting in the way that I could continue to try to figure out what, uh, what avenue I needed to take to get better. And then I did end up breaking the raw squat record uh, with I, the first time I broke it was in September of 2020. And I hit a, an 822 pound squat, that squat, it, it, if you go back and watch the records being broken, that was the hardest one of all of them. The reason for that is I was not in a position to like, I, I was, I was forcing it. I was like, I was square, square peg, round hole, like just fuck, it's going to go, you know? And I, and I got there and I did, but I still felt as though, man, I have, I haven't done the best that I can. I'm still going to, because of the bench and the deadlift, I'm still going to try. And then ultimately I got linked up with uh, Jake Benson, who is my coach and my business partner now. Um, and he actually bought a consultation call from me. And then he and I, it was like 60 minutes. He and I ended up speaking for two and a half hours just over crazy stuff because he's one of the smartest individuals on the planet. And he convinced me to uh, essentially let him run my life. And uh, he said he would be able to get me back from the nerve injury and through like some different things, different modalities, like cause the phenomenon neuroplasticity to occur essentially relearn how to use my tricep, my pec, my lap, my delt. Um, and we did those things and I adhered to it. I still am adhering to it. And I ended up to, I ended up being able to overcome the injury and my bench press is back into the five hundreds. Um, I'm pulling in the mid to high sevens again, and my squat every year thereafter breaking 
that record that I set in 2020 for the first time, every year has looked easier and easier or, or equivalently, equivalently easier going from 822 pounds to 836 pounds to 848 pounds to 851 pounds at, at all four of those competitions. And, and hopefully the, the trend will continue because it was this, the extrinsic motivation is always going to be there and always has been there. Cause it's like, I've wanted to break these records. I wanted to like beat this guy, beat that guy, whatever. But the biggest thing and the the primary reason as to why I'm still doing this and why I was able to continue to do it through all the injuries, through the loss, loss of function of my upper body, all of these things is because of that intrinsic motivation where it's simply the fact that like I don't think that I've done the best of my ability yet and I'm going to keep going until I think I've done my best. And, and, and that's where we're at in, in every aspect. Yeah, you you mentioned the injuries, and I know that I've been around and I've been following you for a good amount of time. I've seen you work through and battle back from a good amount of injuries. Uh, I think you were dealing with this this injury issue, like the sequencing of injuries that you were just talking about. That was right before you left for Vegas. I mean, that, you said that that happened in like 2018. Pretty sure I remember you working through that like around 2019 and whenever we would be trading at the same time together. Um, you were squatting specifically with like a safety bar, right? That was like, mm -hmm. back then. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I do yeah. remember, I remember that pretty, pretty familiar. Cause, yeah. cause the, the thing, so like the thing with the injury, it was like, cause you saw me at one of the times I, I remember when it was like flared up, it would like get better for a period of time yeah. and then get worse and get better, get worse, get better, get worse. It was, there was, it was always just such a crapshoot where like certain months out of the year I could, I could bench press. And then other months I would literally do a push up and my, I would be like this. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was one of those times where it was just really, really bad. Uh, and I, I, I remember when I was training at like six, one, four and, and like Grandview and it's like, I, I couldn't, I wasn't benching just because like I, I, there was no reason to. No. And, You've obviously dealt with a lot of injuries. I had my own, I mean, probably equivalent relatively like for me, but I tore my adductor in 2020. Um, and that was actually the moment for me where I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to start doing a little bit different shit with my life, you know, where like, whenever that happened, I was fucking incapacitated. Like I couldn't do anything. I, I could barely even train my upper body because anytime I would brace, anytime I would like fully stand up tall, like I would mm -hmm. extend my spine. I was just getting horrible pain through my groin, like the swelling, the inflammation was all up into my abdomen, like couldn't mm -hmm. see any kind of, of abdominal definition because it was so swollen for probably, I mean, four to six weeks. It was horrific. Yeah. And after that, like I just had this mental block in my head where it was very hard for me to train hard, train heavy like I did before. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like I just naturally started to lose weight. I started to kind of progress. And by the time I'd like caught back up, I was like, fuck, do I even really like, do I have the ability or do I have like the, the willpower to go back to that point and then potentially do that again? You know, right. like, every time you get under really heavy load, every time you hold it in your hands, like you're risking injury, no matter how technically proficient you are. And that was always this thing in my head where it's like, how many more reps do I have? You know? Yeah. And that was just the thought process where. You know, maybe for me, it just wasn't worth it because I didn't have those tangible goals like you had. Like I wasn't thinking about turning pro. I wasn't thinking about like setting a world record. It was just more so like, cool, like this is great. I love it. I want to continue doing it. I want to continue improving. I want like I was very interested in that. That was my passion. But then once that passion started like inhibit my normal life, I was like, all right, maybe reevaluate this. But for you, do you want to talk about like some of the prior injuries that you had? Because you've dealt with a fuck ton of stuff. Like you tore your pec, right? Like well, yeah. it was bicep tendons. Bicep tendons, yeah. Like, yeah. do you want to just kind of run through some of those previous injuries, just because I think that sets the stage pretty well for you to even talk about like all the shit that you've had to battle back from. Yeah, yeah, and that's and and I think like just before I go into the specifics of of the injuries, it's I think like just just talking to you as the individual, like I think if I was in your position, I would probably I probably would have felt the same and got into the same like instance where it's like I didn't have. I didn't have like this, 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 this goal, this thing, like this, what if, you know, out there, it was like, I'm just doing this to, to be bigger, to be stronger, you know? And like, if I compete one day and do well, cool, but it's not like, I'm not going to the Olympia eh, you know, 
but but it's also like I, that was a perfect storm, perfect situation for me where it's like I had that breakout year and I was like, fuck, dude, like I got this. I'm going to be one of the one of the guys. And then it was like taken away, taken away, taken away. And I'm like, fuck, you know, it, so I had that. I just think I had that really like blend of intrinsic motivation where it's like, I'm not going to fucking quit. I'm not done yet. I haven't done my best. But then also the extrinsic motivation where it's like this carrots dangling in the future. And it's like, hey, you know, you could have this. This could be yours. And I'm like, ah, fuck, I want that, too. You know, because it's like, think about if if you were it, it, like, obviously diff different situation, but like complete and completely hypothetical. But if you had let's say you just done a show, you know, and you like won the show, you win the overall. And people are like, oh, my God, like you need to sign up for this na this national show two weeks from now because you're going to turn pro. Like, look at your picture compared to this guy. You're going to be on the Olympia stage like just this is this dude at this age. Like you're this. Holy shit. And then you're like, oh, man, you get it in your head. You're like, oh, fuck. Like I could I could do this like I could do this shit. And then training for that pro show. You're like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to beat this shit. I'm going to do this shit. And then you tear your ad up here. Yeah. And then all the conversation around it is like, man, Bryce sure would have been good. He sure would have been. He sure would have been awesome had that not happened. But now he's just over here, man. He sure could have done some cool stuff. Then I, I think like that chip might have gotten in on your shoulder or the bug in your ear and been like, fuck, man, you know, I can't stop. I need I need to keep going because I need to see what the potential outcome is. And that's. That like you, what happened was like it was no longer this abstract hypothetical thing that could yes. and like in, in this alternate universe if the stars align like you it it was reality for you like yeah. it happened you were there like you were within striking distance of that mm -hmm. so yeah. whenever you had to like regress and you had to pull back and you were hurt like that was like that taste was still fresh in your mouth like it, it wasn't so far off to where you had to like come up with these like theoretical scenarios as to like how you could get to that point like you'd already done it you'd already gotten there so for you it was just getting back there right exactly yeah, so exactly. yeah I, I think that 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 like concretized everything a bit more for you and it, mm -hmm. it it wasn't this again like this hypothetical this abstract thing but um but no like i don't i'll let you continue talking <laughs> well yeah but but that that's exactly what it is you know and like i i really i really really just it, it was like you just said it was a matter of getting back to it not getting there in the first place and i had already done it once so i genuinely believed i could do it again and there was just like i i am not gonna sugarcoat any of it like i was a very stupid and bullheaded kid you know when i when i first was starting to come up and first was starting to get get very very good at powerlifting and the things that come along with that were very irresponsible drug use, very irresponsible training protocols, just irresponsibility in in every aspect. Ta talking about like person like life balance, like yeah. it was all irresponsible. None of it was done with with forethought or foresight, and it it was it, it wasn't the best for me. And because of that, a lot of the training that I was doing was very just. It was not not a a not the wisest, not the smartest. And it resulted in some like really shitty injuries because I went, so there, I did get her, I tore my right bicep tendon, uh, before that breakout performance. And I came back from that, but it was, it was, that was in May, May of 2016. I had that surgery, came back, just competed again. And in, in November of 2016, and ended up doing well. Then that April, I hit had that bright breakout performance. But it was like the the bicep tendon. This was completely my fault because I was. I remember I was supposed to take a deal. I was taking a deload week, and I was like, I'm just going to come in and do some do some uh, grip work because grip on deadlifts was always a thing that I wanted to work on because I never wanted to miss on grip. I did it a couple of times. I was like, I'm never going to let that happen again. And I was doing like just hold with an axle bar with like 400 pounds from like a high, high rack position. And I did it and I felt my bicep explode. And I was like, fuck, okay, well, that was check, check the box for being dumb. I'm going to cover that. I'm never going to do that again. And I, I did, I did learn from that because yeah. I had the surgery in June of 2016, came back, did the rehab 
came back, competed, came back, had that breakout year. And I was like, okay, I'm smarter. I'm better. This is good. I'm, I'm cool. Then I had the nerve injury happen. And because of the nerve injury, it's like all of the, all the muscular system is connected. So if there's compensation happening at the shoulder, there's going to be compensation happening at the hip, happening at the opposite knee, yada, yada, yada. everything's tied together. So uh, me being a dumb kid, you don't really realize how connected all those things are. And I'm like, I'm just going to train around it. I'm just going to do shit that doesn't bother it. So I'm going to just fucking squat with a safety squat bar, like squat with my hands out, fucking just not, not do upper body, whatever, do all these things. And I ended up getting just a, a, an amalgam of different injuries and tweaks and, 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 and strains due to it. Um, and then uh, the thing that was kind of a, a re- not like a wake-up call, but it was just one of the most frustrating things was in January of 2019, I, after having this nerve injury happen and having it get really, really bad, I was in a position where I'm like, I don't even, this was when I was like, I don't know if I want to do this shit anymore. I was doing heating and cooling. And it was like, I think I'm just going to fucking go, because I did heating and cooling in high school. And I, and like, I'm, I have knowledge in it. I'm, I'm like decent at it. And it's like, I think that I, I'm just going to fucking do this. And like, I'll be a power lifter, like as, as like my spare time. But it's like, if I get to a point where like, that's not a priority, I'd do like, fuck it. Who cares? But then because of the nerve injury, there's like inability to load properly through the lat and over here. And it, it was, it was the fault of the company. Um, cause I was Joe, the big guy. So they asked me to move something. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. And they're like, hey, you know, try it. You know, we'll 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 get the pry bars out, but like maybe maybe we can do this and uh, go and do it. And I rupture my left distal biceps tendon in 2019, right after I had had this nerve injury happen. So it was that way. And and during that was literally during the time I was I was going through my divorce proceedings. Yeah. And it was like, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like for like, I I remember like it was winter. I like ripped my hoodie off and I'm like, are you fucking joking? And they're like, are you good? Are you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. But we got to go to the fucking hospital. Like, what do you mean? Because you can't see anything. Shirt up and the bicep is rolled up into my shoulder. And it was just like one thing after another because that happened. And then I like no, no more tendon injuries after that. But I, I tweak, I, I had a muscle belly tear in my right pec like six months after, cause I was just doing like light upper body and it just, it tweaked. And then six months after that, like 2000 or no, like a year after that, like after the breaking the record in 2020, um, I, I, I tore my calf. I, I had a grade, grade three muscle belly tear in my, uh, soleus on the right side and it was just like thing after thing after thing after thing and it was it it's it's both a testament to my my stubborn nature and my that that intrinsic motivation of be- believing like i haven't done my best i'm not going to quit but it's also one of my biggest flaws because even when i didn't have all of the pieces of the picture where it's like i'm i'm i'll gladly tell you back then i was ignorant because i was just more, 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 like more drugs, more food, more recovery, more, what, like more, whatever. And I can, I know I'm going to be able to just bullhead my way through this. And I just kept trying and trying and trying in that manner. It didn't work out the best for me. You know, it's, it's, it's a positive in the fact that like, I know that if I get, if I get something into my head, it will be completed. But it's also one of, one of my biggest flaws is that even if, even if I don't have all the pieces of the picture, or at least if I didn't in the past, I'd be like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it anyway. You know, and I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I am in now because Jake, uh, Jake has mentored me a great deal when it comes to like biochemistry and applied physiology, uh, and how to actually like not, not game the system, but just understanding the, the details and the inner workings of everything. Why, why your physical may have this outcome as opposed to something else. It's not just an N equals one thing. The body isn't a machine. It's like all these different aspects. Uh, and I'm fortunate for that. And I'm in a much better position now because it's like, man, okay, I have that same tenacity, that same drive. 
but I have this big background as opposed to just being like, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it anyway. Shush. Dog, dog saw the pool guy. No, dude, I had to put my dog up, but, uh, that definitely provides a much clearer picture of everything that kind of led up to, um, you breaking that world record initially. And then obviously like the subsequent, um, breaking of your own world record. But now you're at this point where you're what, this is the fifth, the, the fifth time you're going to try and break it. Yep. So like, where are you trying to go from here? Like, is it, is it like an all time total record? Is it like just continuing to break the squat record? Are you going to go down a weight class? Like, are you going to go up a weight class? Like maybe you don't even know this yet for like, in terms of like long-term goals, like obviously having this short-term goal right in front of you is, is going to be the dominant aspect of your focus. But have you given much thought to like where you're going next with all of this? Like what, what the final outcome you want it to be? So two months, two months ago, yeah. if you asked me that question, I would probably be two months ago. If you asked me that question, I would probably be like, man, I don't know. I don't know. But right now I actually have a, a perfect answer for that and a pretty cool answer. And one that I'm really excited about uh, legitimately, because I, I am, I compete at 220. I walk around at like 240. Uh, so I do, I, I do, we have it down to a science. Like it's very, very precise. It's never, never dangerous anymore. Like we know exactly because of all, all of the knowledge Jake has imparted on me and all the, all the knowledge I've gained for myself. It's like, I have the cutting process down, down to a science. So it's like UFC weigh-ins where it's like you weigh in 24 hours ahead of time, you get IVs, you eat, you rehydrate, and then you compete the next day much heavier than what your actually declared weight class is. I've done that year after year after year after year. And one of the reasons that I did that is because, well, there's two parts as to why I would continue to stay at 220. One, it's because I was limited by the nerve injury. So I was never able to dedicate much, much uh, like hypertrophy training or hypertrophy focus of my training uh, towards my upper body. So like you, like Br Bryce knows me in person for anyone listening to this who hasn't like seen me. I have humongous legs. I'm five foot, I'm five foot six and I have like 30, 31 inch quads. It's like, I have really, really, really large legs and I have a big upper body, but it's nowhere near the size of my lower body. And that that's because I've just, I've, I, I've been limited by the injury. I haven't been able to dedicate as much, as much energy or as much focus or, or whatever towards it. But now that I am healthy and now that I'm like, I'm actually able to allocate that the energy, the calories, the focus, whatever it is towards the upper body, I kind of took a step back and I was like, man, why am I staying 220? The goal, the goal has always been, I want to be bigger and stronger, bigger, stronger, better, like whatever, 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 whatever. So I'm kind of pigeonholing myself into this weight class because I have been I've been constrained due to this like hypertrophy issue and I don't want to just get fat to and, and have like non non useful tissue that I put on, that I put on my body, like nothing against lar higher body fat percentage people, but it's like, I just, I want it to have utility. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, well, why am I not doing that? And then I, I, in, in, in conjunction with that, I was always kind of wanting to stay 220 pounds and competing in that weight class because I had that intrinsic motivation where it was like, I haven't done my best. I've, I haven't done my best here. So now in the March I just did, uh, 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 in the meet I did recently in March, I hit a 2,069 pound raw total, which was a 62 pound total PR, I think for the first time in six or seven years. Uh, set, uh, yeah, six years, which was, that was like, I am... I'm better. I'm overcoming it. I'm accomplishing that I've done my best thing. So I'm planning, and obviously this is all all up to change because you never know what's going to happen, but it looks like that because I can't imagine me not having a good, a good competition because everything is, I'm hit, checking all the boxes and whatnot, but have another successful competition in the 220 weight class this October break my world record yet again. Ideally, in a perfect world, I want to hit 881 pounds because that would be that that would be four times body weight uh, at 220, which would be the heaviest four times body weight squat ever recorded, um, which would just be cool. 
to hang my hat on. But if it doesn't happen, who cares? Uh, but have another successful competition at 220, do that whole thing, and then come out of the meet and actually have a year to like 18 months purely dedicated to hypertrophy training, bodybuilding style training, uh, and, and putting quality lean body mass on focused in my upper body. And then after I do that, probably pick a bodybuilding show, do do step on the stage, just get lean, say, I did it. Hey, I did the thing, you know, cause I see Brianni work hard every fucking day, literally not cheat on her diet for like nine months at a time. Um, and it's like, I, 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 I want to give it a try too, cause it's impressive as fuck to see. And it's like, I wonder if I can do it, but do that. And then after that, come back to powerlifting and be a 242 pound competitor, uh, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger and just see, see what my best is there. Done. Do that is honestly a pretty fucking dope goal because I think that anyone who competes in bodybuilding and powerlifting has a renewed interest and a, rene and a renewed respect for both. Like, mm -hmm. they're obviously completely different sports in so many capacities, even though there's a lot of crossover and how you train and like how you go about it. And you know, there's a lot. But, um, you know, being on stage and being in a full performance mode for, for powerlifting and a full aesthetic mode for bodybuilding, like you have to be completely there for show. But it's not at all about performance. The the difference there is it's so stark, but it really forces you to respect the other side a lot, which it's interesting because powerlifting and bodybuilding, the sex of both of them tend to be very like adversarial a lot of the time for whatever reason, right? Like bodybuilders feel like they're intrinsically better than powerlifters and then vice versa. Um, but anyone who's competed in both knows that like both sports are hard as fuck in their own different ways. But no, dude, I think that would be awesome. Obviously, like taking you know, 12, 18 months to put on size is going to be, a, that'll be fun in its own right. And I, have you ever trained like hypertrophy style for any like extended period of time? Nope. Yeah, it's nope. going be, be a good time. That's the thing. It's like, I, I've literally never done it just for that. And it's like, yeah. I'm like, like you, you, you know me, I'm like, I'm 240 and like 12% body fat. I'm like, I don't have like, I obviously I need to bring up weak areas as a, as a bodybuilder. I need delts delts, lats, triceps, hamstrings, you know, but it, it's like, I'm not a small dude either. I'm not like, I'm not like a generic fat power lifter. Like I'm pretty fucking jacked. So it's like, just interesting to think like, man, what am I? It's exciting. It's reinvigorating. Like you said, because it's like, damn, you know, like we always grow up. I started doing this shit when I was 14 years old, you know, I grew up and I was like, man, I want to be like those big jack guys. And like, I see photos of myself now. And it's like, man, I kind of am one of those big jack guys now. This is fucking cool. But then it's like, dude, I could even, I could like, I think about it. And I'm like, man, I could actually achieve that like ideal physique that we've had in our heads as like a kid. Like I grew up, I, I don't know if you watch like anime or anything. And it's like, it barely even counts as anime. But like, I remember growing up watching Dragon Ball Z. I would record, I would, my, my Nana would record them on VHS tapes and I would just fucking rewatch them and just like why and I always remember like seeing Goku and I'm like I want to be fucking jacks like that I want to look like that and it's like I'm actually in a position and it's so stupid but I get goosebumps because I'm like man I actually could be like that guy now and it's just exciting it's cool it, it's fun to experience that as being someone who's been so involved and has had such like this has been such a gigantic portion of my life for so long. Now, one thing that bodybuilding training, hypertrophy training, whatever you want to call it in particular, I think is exciting is that you get to be good at a lot of different things rather than focusing on being good at three things. So like, obviously with powerlifting, there's a lot of crossover. So like, you're not just good at bench squat deadlift like you you have a lot of different accessory movements supplemental movements secondary movements that you tend to be good at as well but with bodybuilding like whenever i started really focusing on strength in whatever you want to call it power but power building whatever um there was like this intrinsic bodybuilding mentality of like oh no like you have to be good at all of these movements whether it's uh, a leg press or an RDL or a bicep curl. Like you have to be strong and good at every single one of these movements. But because of that, you have an infinite opportunity to like 
PR or to improve, right? Like, like that was always super exciting for me. And then there's like another infinite list of techniques that you can use to achieve hypertrophy. And those in themselves are super fun. Like that's where I think a lot of the draw of bodybuilding training comes from is just like the variety that you can impose on that training. It's really limitless. And that has always been an aspect, like it's intimidating for sure. It can be intimidating for someone who isn't like accustomed to it, but for anyone like, especially yourself who has a massive background in powerlifting, like you're to be able to transfer over and you'd be like, holy shit, like I can start from scratch and be really strong at leg press. I can be really fucking strong at like, this is going to sound stupid, but like a hip thrust. I can be really strong, like a, a dumbbell row. Like all of those things are going to be, you're probably gonna be shocked at how exciting that will be for you. Or you're like, oh my God, I'm going to do this rest pause set on like hack squats. And the next week I'm going to beat that shit. And like, yeah. it's just fucked up and demented in like a completely different way, but it allows you to focus much more on micro goals versus mm -hmm. even on like week to week or like mesocycle to mesocycle or lift to lift goals. Yeah, no, absolutely, dude. And like, I've already, I've already felt it like to a really tiny degree. Cause like I, I, I don't like I, my training is very like atypical for a normal power lifter. It's, it's very, very like not physique oriented, but there's a lot of non-spinal, like I have, I have bodybuilder days. It's, I essentially have like two power lifter days, two bodybuilding days, and then like one aerobic day. It's just this weird undulating, like just, just makes me, allows me to recover to the best of my ability, but also allows me to like stimulate the muscles to the best of my ability. So I'm not, I'm not just getting like stimulus through like squatting, measuring or deadlifting. It's like, I do a lot of other stuff, but like, I, I remember, um, when I would, you know, the Renaissance periodization guys, the RP guys. Yeah. Like they took me through, uh, a couple of their workouts when they did like the train together stuff. And it's just so like, I, as a power lifter, I'm a pressure junkie where it's like, I want like that feeling of unracking like 850 pounds. And like, I can feel my spine compress and like my head blow up. And it's like, this could literally fucking kill me. Holy shit. This is awesome. Like that's, that's, I love that feeling. It's terrifying and thrilling all at the same time. And I remember going through like a, uh, what there, like we did a leg press, a leg press myo rep set. Oh, and oh. it was like, even it did, it's different because yeah. it's like, I'm not, I'm not like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Like I can stop yeah. whenever I but you get to lean into the pain a little bit more. Whereas like squatting, it's like, it's fear and pain. But like when you finish it, you're like, okay, racket, I'm done. You can't take a, a, a free motion, like compound movement, like a squat to true mechanical failure, like in, in, in a stable environment, like it's just impossible. But with leg press, it's like, I can go until my quads are literally feeling like they're going to rip off my, my kneecaps. You know, and, and then I can, go, and then I can be like, racket, breathe, breathe, breathe. Okay. Do three more. And it's like, fuck, you know, it's that, that feeling of that. Like, I just, I love that feeling. Like I, I am the guy where it's like, I'm a pressure junkie. It's not, I'm not, I'd never say that I'm like, like masochistic or like sadist or like sadomasochistic or anything, but there's aspects of it where it's like lean into how bad that fucking hurts and start to like, start to associate that pain with like this is the work this is the outcome this is that like i'm succeeding by feeling like this and then pushing through it you know it it's the whole it's a whole adage of like you do you do hard shit in everywhere in your life and hardship becomes easy so no and i love that you use the leg press example because as much shit as like the leg press gets from certain people i feel like it's actually gotten a little bit better over the last few years but for a long time, like there was like uh, a divide where like if you use leg press, like you're a huge pussy and like all this shit. Right. Yeah. But leg press will separate out people so fucking fast. Like that is the the one movement I will always use. And if someone can actually push themselves on the leg press, I'm like, all right, cool. Like you're 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 good. You're good. Yeah. Like we, yeah. we can be friends. But you'll also see people who will think that they hit like a technical failure at like, you know, 10 reps short of it. Like they're barely even struggling and they're like, I've got to rack this. I can't do it. But leg press is that one specific movement where there's something about it where like you can always get one more rep. Yeah. And even after you, you're, you self, yourself, you do it, you rack it and you're like, fuck, I could have done one more. Yeah. Like, like it just always stays with you. Whereas with a squat, like you're hitting actual mechanical failure. Like, like it's not. 
this sense of, oh shit, like I could have done one more if I really, really, really tried. Like, no, if you're squatting 850 pounds, like you, there's no, there's no doing one more. Um, so yeah, leg press is like, it always is just like that separator, man. Like if I want to test someone and figure out like how hard they can train, like just give them a leg press, be like, you know, throw your 20 rep max on here and just go get as many as you can. And that will immediately, immediately like establish that connection in that person's head with, all right, this is what intensity should feel like versus this is what like I've been doing before. And that's obviously not going to cut it. But um, no, man, I love that you were able to join me on this. I really, really appreciate your time. I know that you've got a hard cut off. Uh, but before we go, before I let you go, uh, is there anything that you want to finish on? Anything that you want to plug for yourself where people can find you, all that good stuff? I'm I'm on Instagram. It's Joe Sullivan underscore AOD. Uh, it's for the adapt the adapt or die collective. Uh, that is also the adapt or die collective dot com. Uh, that's where all my coaching is, all my consultation stuff is. If you need anything from me, DM me on Instagram. But if you really really want to get a hold of me, uh, email me on my website because I can really guarantee that I'll get to it there. Uh, DMs get pretty crazy because uh, the social media is very very social these days. But uh, yeah, thank you for having me, Bryce. It was cool. It was cool talking to you and cool catching up. Uh, and really just like, I don't know, the the takeaway of this one is is extrinsic motivation is useful, intrinsic motivation is useful, uh, but the really useful thing is not the motivation. It's how you receive the motivation and learn from it and learn how to apply it and actually go after the things that you're motivated to go after when you're not motivated to when you need to stay disciplined, when you actually have an actionable, actionable plan and some fucking, some little bit of angry, stubborn Midwest idiot sprinkled in there too, who just won't quit. So it's, it's really just what you do with it and how you approach it. But, but it was cool, man. Thank you for having me. For sure. That was definitely a better ending than I could have put forward. So yeah, <laughs> man, appreciate your time. We'll definitely have to talk again soon.